Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. The author challenges the traditional view of intelligence as solely measured by IQ. He argues that emotional intelligence plays an equally important, if not more crucial role in success and well-being. So just to sum up some key points, that emotionally, emotional intelligence has five key components. They are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And each of those components contribute to navigating life's challenges and opportunities. Also, IQ alone does not guarantee success. Goldman provides examples of individuals with very high IQs who struggle due to poor emotional intelligence. And others with average IQs can thrive when they have this strong emotional intelligence. And good news, emotional intelligence can be learned and improved. The book outlines practical strategies for developing and improving your emotional intelligence. So if this is something that you need to work on in order to take your success further, then you can pick up this book and really dive into some of the strategies, which include mindfulness, journaling, and building healthy relationships. Another point is that emotional intelligence benefits extend way beyond personal success. Strong emotional intelligence leads to healthier relationships, improved communication, greater career satisfaction, and increased effectiveness in leadership roles. So if you're a leader or you want to be a leader, having really high emotional intelligence makes you a stronger better leader than leading with fear or threats or any of that stuff. So overall, the book emphasizes the importance of emotional intelligence in all aspects of life and poses the question, what is it that develops emotional intelligence in humans? So it's a combo of things. It can be genetics. It can be neurological development. So early brain development in infancy, particularly in areas like the amygdala and prefrontal cortex, can lay the foundation for these emotional understandings and regulations. So that's a lot of your attachment early on. You know, if you have a secure attachment with your parent, they're loving, they respond to your emotions in appropriate ways, and your brain is going to develop better emotional intelligence, which includes your relationships, having secure and nurturing relationships, especially in childhood, are really important to provide a safe space for exploring and being able to regulate your own emotions. Therefore, if you kind of grew up in a household that was unpredictable or a caretaker did not respond to your emotions, you could have that insecure attachment style, which hinders the emotional intelligent development. But not all is lost because you can learn and work on the emotional intelligence, even if you had a rougher childhood. Cultural influences are important. Different cultures have different norms and expectations around emotional expression. So, you know, if you grew up in a household where you're not allowed to express your emotions or a culture where you're not allowed to express your emotions, then this could shape how you develop emotionally. Another factor is life experiences. 
both positive and negative experiences can contribute to that development of emotional intelligence. So overcoming big challenges, building resilience and emotional regulation skills can be really important. And things like traumatic experiences can hinder development. So it it can be different things that you experience in life, which makes you kind of where you currently are. Being self-aware and reflective can help you build that emotional intelligence. So engaging in introspection and reflecting on your thoughts, feelings, and actions play a crucial role in understanding yourself and developing emotional intelligence. What do emotions have to do with it all? Like, would we be better off if we just all had lobotomies and cut out our emotional side so we could just make rational decisions? Well, no, that wouldn't be very helpful because we need emotions to survive and adapt. Just imagine you encountered someone that was acting erratically and they were angry and they were yelling and they might be throwing their fists in the air. You have to respond quickly. So emotions like fear and anger trigger immediate reactions that can be life-saving in threatening situations. Also, it plays an important part in motivation and reward. Positive emotions like joy and excitement motivate us to seek out the activities and experiences that enhance our well-being and survival. Learning and memory are crucial because emotional experiences leave strong memories, which help us avoid harmful situations and it helps us repeat beneficial ones. So for example, if you've ever touched a hot stove, then you know to be careful around stoves and you probably wouldn't repeat that action because you know it's unsafe to touch a hot stove. And this happens to kids often. They might fall at a playground and then start to be a little bit more careful. Now this can backfire on us because let's say as a kid you were bullied at school because kids are just mean in the middle school time and if you're bullied in middle school you may carry that around later in life even though you're strong and capable and your adult self does not need to be afraid of bullying anymore because the threat has passed but your memory didn't get the memo, therefore you may perceive threats that are not really there. Emotional intelligence can also be so valuable in social connections and communications. Because if you're someone that can pick up those nonverbal cues like facial expressions, tone of voice, body language, then you're able to empathize with people better and convey emotions without words. And this fosters social connection and understanding and trust. So if someone feels heard and understood by you, they're going to trust you. They're going to want to learn more about you and you develop those connections. So you're better at empathy and compassion by understanding not only your own emotions, but others. Because if we can identify what's going on with us and understand our own emotional range, then we are better at building connections with others because we get their emotional range, which in turn helps us with conflict resolution because we can recognize and express emotions 
which allow for this open communication. And it just helps us to build those strong bonds, which is what we want as humans. So personal growth and well-being, you know, being self-aware, setting goals, being resilient, and making better decisions, our emotions can influence our decisions so much, right? We see that piece of cake and we say, we want that piece of cake. It looks so good. But maybe our emotions are also saying, I want to be healthy and I want to only put good stuff in my body. So sometimes we are like overwhelmed with different different types of emotions. So being able to kind of label them and see which one is is the most important for where we want to go, our goals and motivation. So let's say at the time your goal is to cut sugar out of your life because you're just trying to live healthier. So being able to say no to that cake and ba- and balancing the impulsiveness of wanting to eat the cake with the logic of my future self will thank me if I don't eat this cake and I'm going to eat something else sweet that might help like strawberries or grapes, then you're just able to acknowledge your emotions yet make rational decisions. So it's a, it's a big balancing act. And this brings up the point when we get overly emotional, we tend to make flawed decisions because we can be too impulsive, we can have poor judgment, or we can overreact where we disproportionately look at the situation with excessive anger or sadness or fear, which causes strain on our relationships or creates unnecessary drama. So an important skill with emotional intelligence is self regulation, uh, managing the intense emotions that can lead to outbursts, meltdown, or emotional shutdown, which can hinder communication and self-control. So understanding our unhealthy coping mechanisms like substance abuse, self-harm, avoiding things, procrastination to deal with overwhelming emotions can be something where you're more self-aware of the ways that you are self-sabotaging. And please listen to the podcasts on The Mountain Is You, which is all about self-sabotage. It goes into more depth about this. The author talks about one skill we can use to help develop our emotional intelligence, and that's using our inner dialogue. So the self-talk that runs through our mind plays a crucial role in shaping our emotional intelligence. So here's how you can help with that. This is the fostering self-awareness. The first step is always to identify emotions. So in your inner dialogue, um, you acknowledge your feelings that may arise. So if you need to print out a feelings wheel, so just Google feelings wheel, and you will get a bunch of PDFs that you can download and print out. So they have the inner wheel of basic emotions like anger, sadness, joy, happiness, things like that. And then it branches off into more detailed emotions. And if you're able to identify that, like, hey, I'm feeling frustrated right now, or that comment my friend made made me sad. This awareness is the first step to understanding and managing your emotions. Then you can 
Start to piggyback off this by recognizing your triggers. Pay attention to situations or thoughts that trigger certain emotions. Like if your friend doesn't text you back, do you feel rejected? Do you feel unimportant? And what patterns may occur? Like I always feel anxious before my presentations. This self-awareness empowers you to anticipate and prepare for the emotional responses. So, okay, I know I'm going to feel anxious. What coping mechanisms can I can I use to acknowledge and calm my anxiety? Do I need to learn deep breathing techniques that just slow me down? Do I need to talk to a trusted friend and just let out some of my emotions because I know they're going to be really empathetic and responsive and listen to me? And then you can start to enhance some self-regulation. So challenging some of your thoughts, challenge your negative thoughts. You can use your inner dialogue to counter those negative thoughts. So these thoughts are going to pop up. We can't make them not pop up, but we can challenge them. So instead of thinking like you have that presentation coming up and you're anxious and maybe you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to be terrible at this presentation, then you challenge yourself with, even if I make a mistake, that's okay because everyone makes mistakes. I can learn from it and then get better at my next presentation. And this reframe helps regulate your emotions and build your self-confidence and just keep things in reality. Most likely you won't fall off stage and hit your head. Yes, this is kind of like a worst case scenario, but if you make a little mistake, like that's okay. You can learn from it and move on. Also practicing calming techniques in your inner dialogue. You can guide yourself through calming techniques. Again, you can do some deep breathing or visualization. Maybe you need to work on imagining yourself up there giving a great presentation, being confident. How would that feel? And then repeat this. So there are really healthy coping mechanisms you can do to build that confidence. And if you're aware of your triggers, you'll know how to help them. Also, you can work on building empathy. You can work on reflecting other people's feelings you know, tell your best friend, this is what I'm working on. So I want to be able to talk to you and let you know, you know, I'm listening. So maybe you tell a trusted friend you're working on this and you have that friend tell you something hard that happened in their day if they're willing and you start to reflect their feelings or ask clarifying questions and see if they feel like you're understanding and compassionate with them. You can also anticipate other people's reactions. Consider how your actions might affect others' emotions. You can ask yourself, would saying this hurt their feelings? So this would be pausing, thinking it out in your inner dialogue, and then starting to say things in a way that is more well-received by others. And this takes changing your communication skills. And you can set positive intentions for the day. Your inner dialogue can set meaningful goals and remind yourself of the importance of these goals. You know, think I'm doing this because I want to, whatever you want to do, help others, challenge myself, or something like 
this challenge will only make me stronger. And this will fuel your motivation and keep you focused on desired outcomes. And as always, remember to celebrate your success. Acknowledge your achievements with positive self-talk. Tell yourself, I've done a great job. I'm learning and growing and reinforce those positive emotions that motivate you and continue your progress. You're worth it. So I hope this little bit of the book, Emotional Intelligence, helps you decide if you want to read it. If this is something you want to work on, I thought it was a great book. I think it has a lot of great skills that you can um, use in your everyday life to build emotional intelligence. And you can also work with a therapist, a really good therapist that's good at this to help build those emotional skills. So everyone out there, keep learning, keep growing, keep being kind to yourself because you, my friend, are worth it. And reading and growing is such a great way to spend your time. And I'll see you next time on the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel.